Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties 2. This episode features one of the three guests on my hour-long NPR show, heard every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it has broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know, because I care about people who care about cats, dogs, and other creatures who share our planet. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival and the New York Cat Film Festival, which travel America and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. I could not bring you this show without the support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian who's created a variety of litters to please any cat, as well as inventing clean protein cat foods based on the protein found in cats' natural prey. This show is also made possible with the generous sponsorship of Waruva, the family-owned foreman pet food company named after their rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa, where all their recipes in cans and pouches are human edible because they're made in a human food facility. Good enough for you to eat, but your cats won't appreciate that. I think I am just about to make a new best friend. Dr. Julie Busby created something called toe grips, and they were Dr. Busby's toe grips. And this may sound nutty, but because of the name Busby, I always imagined this nice little old man veterinarian, maybe he looked a little like Santa Claus, just sort of working away in South Carolina, making these really cool grips that go on the toenails of older dogs so they don't slip and slide around, only to discover that it's Dr. Julie Busby, As far from Santa Claus as you can be, except for that she does give away all of her products to senior dog rescues, so she is Santa Claus in a way. Dr. Julie, welcome to the show. Congratulations on the enormous creativity and success you had in creating toe grips, but also being a voice for older dogs and their wellness and how to keep them safe and healthy and happy as long as possible. I love that you do that. It's a wonderful mission. Thank you so much, Tracy. I am so glad to be here. And I get that so frequently about Dr. Busby being a male. Really? It's comical. Yes, it's it's a thing. Um, and I'm super proud of my name because it died out in my generation. My dad had two daughters, and I'm so proud to be able to carry on his name because he passed away in 2012. So it's... Um, A little piece of him is in this company, and that just brings me joy every day. Well, it's a great name. It's certainly catchy. No one will forget it when they hear it. But toe grips, I remember trying them years ago on a Weimaraner who was very slippery behind. And just describe what they are for a minute because it's not intuitive. It's not like anyone could think, oh, I wish I'd thought of that. You know, it's more like, whoa, that's a really interesting way to keep dogs from slipping and sliding. My own house, one of my two now older uh, Weimaraners is very slippy. She's got a couple of bad discs, so she doesn't have great traction behind. So my house is full of lots of extra carpets and throw rugs. It doesn't always get the job completely done. So explain how you, how you came up with the idea for toe grips. So carpets, throw rugs, yoga mats, I mean, they are really a fantastic solution in the sense that they do work when the dog is on them. Right. the problem is you need traction that travels, right? You need to go wherever the dog goes. And so that's the beauty of toe grips. 
is when the dog goes and lies on the cold, hard floor um, and then has to get up off of that floor and walk, you know, somewhere where there's not these throw rugs. It's the traction that's with them. And so that's the real beauty of it. A client of mine actually came up with the original prototype. And when I saw them, my life did pass before my eyes because I thought (laughs) of all the senior patients that I could use these on. And he actually originally, the very first concept was to keep dogs quiet, their little nails from ticking around on the hard floors at night. But when I saw them, I mean, literally, I'm like, oh, my heavens, it blew my mind because Dogs use their nails for traction. That's why they don't slide around on carpets or on grass and terrain outdoors because they can flex their paws and engage the nails like soccer cleats. So the problem becomes hard nails can't get any purchase on hard floors. And so skepticism is the number one thing that we face because they're so small and simple and people are like, well, how is that going to do anything? But if you understand the biomechanics of the dog's toenails, being what they're trying to grab traction with, it it doesn't take much. I mean, all you do is we use these custom engineered rubber rings on the nails so that when they go to grab, we named it the grip zone. Now the nails can get purchased on the hard floors. One thing that that might cause um, a question mark is if we always are supposed to keep our dog's toenails trimmed to the point that they, I thought, were not making contact or is that wrong headed in terms of nail trimming are the dog's nails supposed to make contact with whatever surface they're on i mean mechanically is that how they're designed yeah no i understand your question and it's a fantastic question um and i love the the sound effects in the background yeah thank you very much that's Maisie, (laughs) who gets very good grip when she jumps up on the love seat underneath the window when ups is here because she can let him know exactly how she feels about that right on cue love it okay so the answer is i way before toe grips ever came into my life i was a nail passionate nut and i used to joke with my clients Michelle Obama has childhood obesity and I have dog toenails. It was my thing. And um, it's not something that veterinarians, I would say as a whole, typically get very excited about. But even (laughs) even when I owned my veterinary practice, like I was very excited about it um, in the sense that I wanted to teach clients. If I either wanted to trim the dog's nails or better yet, you know, teach a man's fish, right? I wanted to teach them how to do the nails. And I think it's because before I got into small animal, small animal medicine exclusively. I, I started out as a horse vet. That's really what I was doing in oh, nice. um, college and vet school. I worked with equine veterinarians and there's a saying, no hoof, no horse. Like That's that, right. that idea of th- what they need to their foundation and how that interfaces with the ground and how that every stride, how that strikes the ground was so important. And it's true for dogs too. When their toenails, so to your point, when their toenails are too long, it actually changes the way their paws, um, when they're, they're long enough that they're interfacing with the ground or, you know, t- twisting the toes, it changes the dog's posture, the way they stand, it changes yep. the dog's gait. And so then you go for 13, 15 years of life with bad posture because your nails were too long. It's a very big problem. It's a very big problem here in America. We have a huge issue. I would say 9.9 out of 10 of my patients walking in the door over the years um, needed their nails trimmed. It was very rare that I'm like, oh, look, your dog's nails look great. 
So the answer is no. Dog's nails ideally do not touch the ground when they gate. How, or excuse me, when they're in stance. However, when they gate and they do what I referenced I earlier, see. where they're flexing the paws mm-hmm. and they're using mm-hmm. their nails, that's fine at that point. The toe grips can engage. Um, and also, sadly, in America, most dogs have never had that proper nail care. I mean, I, I would have these discussions with clients, and I remember this lady saying, oh, I thought I just needed to trim the nails every six months. <gasps> oh, my and goodness. She, and she was a very intelligent, yeah. you know, well, well-educated woman. And But I think that that's a, you know, I just don't think they get the the attention that they deserve. Dog nails are an afterthought for, I think, the veterinary community and, and even for for pet people. And so I want to put a spotlight on that. So toe grips will work. Um, sometimes dog's nails are too short for toe grips and we just say we're not the right product. Kudos, keep up the good work. But even if they're short, dog's nails, um, the toe grips can work if the dogs are engaging in stride. And then the most common scenario is the dog's nails weren't properly kept up for their life. And so you can only get them back so far. You don't want to quote unquote quick the dog and cause pain by hitting that blood and nerve intentionally. So you're always working around, this is kind of the objective limit of how far back I can trim them. And typically, um, toe grips are fine in that situation because the nails aren't super short. I love this. I'm I'm a dog toenail um, person as well, and a human fingernail person as well. Um, so I love that we're talking about the quick, because I always had wondered, is it true that if you don't trim them with good frequency and keep them at a certain length, does the quick grow longer? And therefore, is the nail always going to have to be up to that point and not beyond it? Does it ever go backwards? Does it, does it grow as the nail grows? And does it recede if you start to get the nail at least shorter? Or once it's a certain length, is it that length for life? Fabulous questions. And I have scoured the veterinary literature to figure out those answers myself. So I've never found them. But I'm going to tell you what I have found in my 23 years of being a veterinarian. Number one, genetics definitely play a role in the Ah. length of the quick. There's some dogs that even if they have talons, their quicks aren't going to be tear, you know, that crazy right. long like I would expect. So there's a genetic factor. But on top of that, absolutely, if you do not keep up with nail maintenance, the quicks do grow longer than I think they normally should be. So that does happen. That process does happen. And the whole idea of like, oh, no problem. You can get the quicks to recede. I believe that that is true because with, with a caveat, because if you trim back so close to that blood and nerve supply, which run together. So that's why if you got blood, you also got pain because right. the, blood, the vein and the nerve, they're running right there together. So I do think you can get them to recede, but you have to trim like every two days. I mean, it has to be so crazy or Dremel. You have to get so close to the edge of that nail so that there's stimulus in the nerve which says, hey, I don't want to be it out here. It retreats, yeah. I, I want to, but again, you have to really be on top. So you have it's to not, be in, not pretty insane. And most of us are not going to do that. Yeah, it's not going to happen because you trim your dog's nails every week. You're like, you're not going to get recession. You it can has get, to be more uh, often, yeah. Yeah, you can maintain where you were. And I actually do recommend weekly trimming. That's the frequency I like for my clients and patient, my, my patients. Um, but it's not at that frequency, you're not going to get them to recede. You have to be like super intentional about it. And there's more of a risk of hurting the dog because you're trying to take it as close as you possibly can. So the ideal thing is not to get to that situation. 
and, you know, right from puppyhood, teach good habits for the dog to cooperate for nail trims and for yourself to, to be well, so are, diligent about doing are it. A, are a dog's nails supposed to go clickety-clack on the floor, or is that the sign that they're too long? Because your original client who said, I just want to keep my dog's toenails quiet, so I'm going to put these rubber tips on them, basically. Is clickety-clack a good thing, a bad thing, or just a very individual thing to each dog? Well, there is some individuality, like Dobermans have these, like, cat cat paws, you know, and, and so ideally a Doberman would never in a billion years go clickety-clack. Um, so, again, there is some breed confirmation specifics. But clickety-clack, as a general rule, is a bad thing. However, clickety-clack is also the American norm. Interesting. All right. So the other thing that I love about Dr. Julie Busby is that you have a blog from heaven. And I've, I I talk about <laughs> scouring it. I read it and I think, this one on pancreatitis, brilliant. This one on cold weather, amazing. But I, I keep thinking you're going to be selling me something or it's going to be full of advertisements. It's just this pure, excellent up-to-date information. In fact, one of my favorites in terms of not even selling anything at all was in the cold weather one, you talk about how long, and it's mostly senior dogs because that's your passion, how long can a dog be out in the snow and what are the signs that their feet really are cold or they're really cold. And then you had this great thing in there. What I do when I have my dogs out playing in the snow is I give them a timeout and I bring a big piece of cardboard out so they can stand on that for a while so their feet aren't constantly in the snow getting colder and colder and colder. I thought, oh my God, that's so like organic and basic and old fashioned. It's great. I mean, the ideas are practical ideas to make people and their dogs have a good time together. And the older the dog, the more you want to ha help them to enjoy life without harming them in any way. So I think the work you do is extraordinary. I mean, senior dogs are, everyone's going to have one if they're lucky. The more senior, the more lucky you are. But they right, have a, exactly. a lot of, they have a lot of special needs. And was there one older dog that, that made you this dog, you know, pet expert to the oldsters? It's really interesting you would ask that. And I, I'm so happy to answer this question because I can give a shout out to all my patients over the years. I am certified in veterinary chiropractic and animal acupuncture, and I've done that for over 20 years. And so by virtue of that, my patients tend to be oh, seniors. Right. So it's the I, I and I do I have treated dogs for all kinds of things of all kinds of ages. So I had a dog that I who was younger that I treated for reproductive issues. I mean, it doesn't have to only be senior dogs, sure. but it, the fact is, the vast majority who are seeking out that kind of alternative care are senior dogs, and it's for mobility issues and pain management. And so, you know, I've I don't know how many hundreds of dogs I've treated over the years, but I those gray muzzles and. And not only just the dogs, but those people and that yeah, bond that is yeah. like like a fine wine, you know, it's just aged over the years. And, oh, my heavens, I'm getting teary-eyed thinking of, like, the people telling me the stories of this dog was the only one who was there for me when my husband died yes. or when my child died. Or, you know, this yes. dog has lived through these moments of life and has been my rock. And um, I would do anything for this dog because they are truly my family and um, a piece of my heart. And so it's senior dogs, not only for the virtue that they possess in and of themselves, but for the, what they represent in a family. I mean, it's, they're so special. That's lovely because it comes across in the work that you're doing. It comes across in the information you put out there. I just want to bring up one little 
negative, maybe not so little in your world, which makes me pretty, pretty mad, which is that people are trying to steal Dr. Busby's toe grips because I've actually seen fake versions of what you've made and spent your life creating. And they're out there cheating on you and selling their Chinese junk. I'm just going to say Chinese junk is a kind of catchphrase on Amazon and other places. And our legal system is such a gnarly mess that you probably don't even have any way to defend yourself. So I want to say, if you're considering something to help your dog's mobility with their legs, please make sure it's a real Dr. Busby's because I think that the people that rip off, people who put so much time and effort into doing it right, should be tarred and feathered and driven out of town on a pole. So I'm just going to say that. Well, thank you for saying that. It's a it's a little bit of pain, uh, to be honest, because I do think of the countless hours and the countless um, just the amount of creative and emotional and financial investment in not just developing the product, but the legal process yes. to, to reg- federally register names and copyright huge, vast amounts of content and tables and sizing charts and patents, um, even a patent. We yeah, all patent. think a patent is something so valuable and protects you and only if nobody tries to rip you off and kind of thumbs their nose at you, right? Right. So it has, it definitely has been an eye-opening experience because I'm I'm shocked at what people have pirated. And um, I think I'm always going to take the high road and just believe that it's going to work out. But I do appreciate people looking for the, the, the original real thing. and authentic yes. Dr. <laughs> exactly. Well, we've run out of time, Dr. Julie, but it has been such a pleasure to meet the champion of senior dogs and the champion of mobility for senior dogs. And I look forward to more conversations with you in the future on many of the really wonderful topics that you bring up that are wellness for all dogs, but particularly for our old ones. Thank you so much and keep up the good work. And I understand that you finally have broken down and Dr. Busby's toe grips are on Amazon, so you can even find them there. You used to try to protect other ways for people to buy, but it's the it's the uh, the ethos of our society is that Amazon is the biggest gorilla. So I'm glad you're there to protect your your piece of the pie. Thank you. Yes, they can look for us on our website where the blog is at right. toegrips.com. I'm going to put a a, 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 lot, a link to it so everyone can find it easily. Thank you so Perfect. much again. Or Amazon. Thank you, Tracy. Take care. Thanks for listening. There are a few more special companies that make this show possible. I hope you will support their products because they stand behind my mission, which is to educate and inspire while entertaining. Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, creates holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. They make many non-chemical products for the inside and outside of your pets, as well as innovative foods like no hide, and the hybrid dry food wisdom, which sometimes is all that my Blue Weimer runner Maisie will eat. My other sponsor is Cradle, which makes CBD calming products to reduce stress for dogs using broad-spectrum CBD from U.S.-grown hemp, formulated with a proprietary blend of nutraceutical ingredients. My Wanda Weimer runner couldn't get through thunderstorms without their Cradle Melts. 
And I'm grateful to Evermore Pet Food, which is privately owned by two extraordinary women who cook dog food from the most pristine human edible ingredients and ship it to your door in frozen pouches. It is higher quality and more ethically sourced than my own food. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this one guest version of Dog Talk and Kitties 2, and we'll listen to other episodes sometime soon.